Coach Professionals Roundtable Podcast. And here's your hosts, Paulie G, Ryan MS, Peter Hanscom, and Andrew Muldock Molinaroli. Yes, it is here, the Supercoach Professionals Roundtable Podcast with you for another week. It's part three of our season preview. I've got Ryan MS with us as always. How are you, mate? Good, mate. How are you? Very good, very good. Looking forward to a jam-packed podcast for you uh, this evening. Peter Hanscom, also with us. How are you, Pete? Yeah, not too bad, guys. Not too bad. Still counting down at the beginning of the season. Not far away now. And Andrew Mullineroli recovering from surgery. He's not going to be with us this week, but hope you are on the road to recovery, Andrew. And we'll be back with us next week. Of course, I am Paulie G. Huge show lined up for you today. We're going to get into the draft format of the uh, Supercoach game. We're going to do a mock draft. We've got uh, some advice on, on that format. It's going to be interesting. We've got four teams to chat about in depth. Manly, Canberra, Penrith and the Eels a bit later on. Of course, your Twitter questions. Make sure you follow us on Twitter if you don't already at Supercoach Pros, Supercoach P-R-O-S. Very, very important. We're getting lots of tweets and we absolutely love you guys um, following us, tweeting to us, asking your questions. We're going to get to all of that later in the show. We're going to start by looking at, at the weekend. You know, We've got the All-Stars game on, the Charity Shield, some other trials. Um Going a bit of detail that. Unfortunately, Ray Thompson was the big news with the in, on the injury front. He'll be out until round 10. Not that he was a big name there, super coach wise, um, but certainly feeling for him um, any time he had an injury in, in a training for, a, for a, a game, you know, that is, is, is it's more than a trial, obviously, the All Stars game, but, uh, you know, not competition proper. It really hurts all that more. Coming out of that game, guys, um, there were some good performers. Um, I thought Cameron Smith, Ryan, was impressive. You know, when we talked about hookers over the last couple of weeks and there's a lot of younger hookers coming up and maybe you, you look away from that big name because of the price. But Smith kind of made you think again, oh, maybe I do need him. He was pretty yeah. good. He was just in, like pretty much his impressive self. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, uh, uh, you know, as written as it shall be done for um, Smith. He's just like, <laughs> he's pretty consistent. Um, and yeah, he just showed that. He's he pretty much the very professional player that he is. And yeah, you know, t- turns out for a, um, a game that's not for his club and, you know, he's, he's still two weeks away from round one and he looked, you know, as good as he's going to look, I think. Yeah, yeah. And it, at the off-season, having that off-season off, and I thought Pete Greg Inglis was another. He looked rejuvenated with that, off season, you know, just just no rep footy, just chance to let the body heal and then get into the new year. Yeah, at the end of last year, I thought <clears throat> he and all the Rabbitohs actually looked a bit tired. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, the other night, no, he seemed to be back to his or not, not his best, but you know, it looked um, he looked threatening. Um, you know, good speed and, and good elusiveness as well, and was the captain the other night too. So. I think that really uh, gave him some motivation. So, <clears throat> yeah, watch out opposition teams for Greg Inglis this year. I thought Trent Merrin was another. Um, we're going to talk about Penrith in, in depth a bit later on. Um, the Charity Shield, look, it wasn't the highest quality game. Obviously, um, early in the season or pre-season, you expect a lot of drop ball. But I thought Souths were clearly dominant. I thought St George lacked quite a bit of firepower. Pete, I'd be interested in your opinion on their 
centres. They just seem to be overwhelmed in the centres at the moment. You know, bringing Kurt Mann there, who played fullback, who may end up playing fullback, but then Dugan goes to centre. And you've got Tim Laffey there, you know, Peter Matadia, you and Aitken. I'm, I'm a bit concerned of, of how it's going to work for the Dragons this year. I'm worried they're going to take a step back after looking at, at that game. I don't know what your thoughts were. Well, I watched, I watched the game uh, very closely, as you might imagine. You know, I was disappointed with the loss. You know, it's always disappointing to lose to the Rabbitohs and lose a charity shield. That mattered for a few years. But um, I was impressed with the way Russell Packer played. Um, I thought he had some really good runs and got some good offloads away, actually. I thought his, his effort was, was sensational. But, yeah, we're a little bit overcrowded in the back, so I thought, um, you know, I feel a bit sorry for young Ewan Aiken. He's getting a little bit squashed there because you've got Lafayette coming to the team. They don't want him to play for the Cutters, so... Um, it'll be interesting to see what the makeup of the team is. And man at fullback, you know, personally, I'd rather have Dugan there, but I think the word is that, that Dugan's going to play centre. But Paul McGregor is very cagey about that, so all will be revealed in the fullness of time, as they say. Yeah, strange choice there, Dugan, not at fullback, but I guess, um, you know, if he's already demanded he'd rather play in the centres, it's going to be a tough one for McGregor to juggle. Um, Souths, even though, you know, they missed Adam Reynolds. Um, I still thought, thought they looked pretty good, considering Paul Carter was very good. Um, Cameron McGuinness is very good, but Damien Cook is just incredible when he's sort of taking over that role at hooker, and it's going to be a tough one now uh, at their prices because I don't know if either of them are going to get enough minutes, whether they, even though they both look really good um, super coach wise I thought Cody Walker, um, you know, getting his shot, he'll play round one with no Luke Keary. He's, he's better suited probably to play outside Adam Reynolds and Keery is. I'm, I think you're starting to see a change there at South. I think Maguire's already hinted at it. Keery's on the outside looking in. I think you'll find Cody Walker could be a great cheapie to, to bring in now. Um, looking at other cheapies in, in the other trial games, look, we don't have the same vision of that. We're sort of going off research and that, but our team, the Tigers, Ryan, Jordan Rankin's the one that's all, all the rage, kicking goals from the sideline to beat Melbourne. Um, May play in the halves in round one because Luke Brooks is, is injured. Played at fullback on the weekend and could end up on the wing long term. Who knows? Yeah, that's right. He's um, definitely got the capability to play in numerous positions. Um, given his size, he's not, you know, he's not tiny, but he's not massive. So he's just got that kind of body that can slip in anywhere. Um, yeah, look, I'm not sure if he's going to get that number seven for round one. There's possibly um, little John might grab it. Um, the other guy who's um, who may well grab a spot, who is a cheapie, is um, out of a car. Yeah, that's um, who I like. Two tries yeah, on the weekend. Yeah, um, killing it in the nines as well. Um, yeah. He's quick. Um, his handling wasn't great at the start of the nines, but it got better throughout the week. Uh, sorry, throughout the tournament. And, um, yeah, and by all reports, he, um, he went pretty well in the trial. Yeah, I think that's, the, that's definitely one that you can plop on your bench. Michael Cheekham is sort of an a- a- Andrew Mullinaroli favourite. Maybe a bit of an in-betweener but not quite fitting in the centre or the back row at the moment. Not sure where it goes there. A guy that we could have been talking about for the Tigers but instead we're talking about for Penrith is Tia Maria Martin. He's been given the stamp of approval by Phil Gould after a good performance in the trial game. The main squad played the first 40, 40 minutes. Then the New South Wales Cup played the next 40. Matt Moylan played 20 at 5.8 and 20 at fullback. He'll probably go back to fullback, even though 
you know, we've talked maybe of, of, of flirting with Moylan being like Michael Morgan up in the Cowboys and going to 5'8", but Martin could end up getting that role would be a, a great cheapie. Um, a guy that came over from the Eels to the Dogs looked pretty good or was their best, uh, Will Hopawati, Pete. But the Dogs, traditionally under Des Hasler, haven't performed that well in the centres for Supercoach. So, you know, you look at Josh Morris, origin player, but Supercoach-wise, you know, a bit below others around his level. Did we see the same in Hopawati, or is there an option there? No, I'd be risking him at this stage. And particularly, um, I don't really think we saw the best of Will Hopawati at Parramatta. And he's swapping clubs now to play under his old coach, Des Hasler. But, yeah, I think he's he's worth a bit of a wait and see there. I think you're right. I don't think it's... uh, I don't think he'd be a good pick at the moment in the in the centres, as uh, said, given the Bulldogs' history with the centres and Supercoach as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I tend to agree. The Gold Coast uh, first team squad who played the Eels, Ignatius Parsi standing out there. Again, great nines for him. Bevan French getting a shot there for Paramount. I'm interested in, in that one. Um, Daniel Alvaro could be a, a value player. He suffered a concussion, so that's one to watch. And Brenton Lawrence uh, returning with impact there in the Manly game against the Sharks. And Ryan, we're seeing Jack Bird at fullback there and Coach Flanagan seemingly happy with him there. So it looks like that's almost a fait accompli now for round one that he'll play. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's a bizarre decision, to be honest, <laughs> yeah. um, because Valentine Holmes and Ben Barber are in that team as well. Yeah. So, and Bird is, yeah, did quite well at 5'8 last year, I thought. But anyway, um, that's why I'm not an NRL coach. Yeah, well, it's not the first head scratch that Coach Flanagan's come up with. I mean, Bird and Holmes couldn't even get in the team. It started last year, remember? Yeah, um, so we'll follow it with interest, but um, it, it, Bird's price is, is very pricey. But fullback, look, great position for Supercoach, so could could happen. And, and um, speaking of such things, let's talk about different positions and, and all those sort of things when you're talking about draft. Now, for those listeners that play the classic format but not the draft format, may be intrigued. This sort of, uh, oh, what what is this about draft? I know it's been all the rage on on our Twitter um, at Supercoach Pros. We're going to go into a bit of detail here. You know, draft you only get to pick the player once within your league. There's no salary. Um, we'll go into the strategy in a moment. But what we recorded before the show was a little mock draft that the three of us uh, contributed to, and I'll play that for you now. All right, and here we are now for the mock draft that we're conducting today on the Supercoach Professionals podcast. Ryan, I've, you've got the all-important first pick. Uh, you know, we're in a 10-team league. We're just going to, you know, there's not 10 of us to do this, so we're just going to go one by one by one. But uh, team one, player number one, who's your first player off, off the board? You know, no salaries attached, just simply uh, best player you think is going to go this year. Yep. Um, two of us are checked. Very, very good. Uh, Pete, Team 2's with in your capable hands. Two of us to check off the board. Uh, where are you looking? Um, Jonathan Thurston. Dual position player. Very important in draft leagues, particularly those with short benches. Um, you see with uh, on the uh, Daily Telegraph Supercoach website, um, often you're playing with the four-man bench. Maybe five, seven's the most I think you can choose. So very important there. Team three, um, I'm going to a bit a bit risky, 
but I do like full back, so I'm going to go with Tedesco. Um, not a dual position, but I do think at the top line, full back's pretty, pretty critical. Um, Ryan, back with you for team four. Um, uh, going to go with um, Gallon. Yeah, staple there, Paul. Paul Gallon, I think um, an obvious choice for a top five pick. Pete, speaking of uh, top five, you've got number five. Where are you going? All right, uh, Aaron Woods. I think he's in for a big one this year. Wow, that's probably the first big surprise, although you could say Tedesco was a big one as well. Um, pick five, Aaron Woods. Look, I like the idea of, of the forwards, uh, but probably I'd lean towards, jeez, uh, it's a tough one, but Sam Burgess, I think. For, for mine, for, for for number six again, two positions helping. Uh, Ryan, team team seven. Um, do you stick with the you know, these main positions here? Are you going to go yep. outside the box? I'm going to no. I'm going to go with um, Sean Johnson. Wow. So the injury doesn't scare you there. He's, he's he's definitely your number number two half. Yeah, I reckon he's good. Pete, team number eight. Mr. Reliable Corey Parker. Age, age will not weary them. They're Correct. still a, still a solid first round, first round pick. Oh, look, I dropped Parker back, I must admit. Um, the guy I, I really, really like going into this year is um, Anthony Milford. And so I know that 5'8's not probably the position to, to go mm-hmm. after. There's probably better options out there in regards to that. But Milford, I think, so far above his competitors. And I think if you're picking late in the first round, you could do a lot worse. Team ten, the last one we're going to do in, our, in the um, this first round of the mock draft. We're going to do a second round where we go back, take players again. But um, last team to, to pick is is in your hands, Ryan. Um, Segiaro. Wow. Interesting choice for hooker. So not Cameron Smith, but Segiaro. Yeah. Wow. All right, you can go back to back with. Um, the Serpentine draft, the way the draft works. Uh, it works in a snake-type format. So Team 10 gets the... Seeing it was last in the first round, gets the first pick of the second round. Pete, um, back to you. Seguiaro's been the, your first pick, uh, courtesy of Ryan. Um, where do you go straight after that? Ooh. I think um, you can't really go past the black like Matt Moylan. Uh, yeah, he's right. recently actually been made captain of coach Anthony Griffin. But um, no, he had a great year for Penrith last year and um, they were going great until he went out injured. Um, I guess you could say slightly risky picking with with that injury. The injury, yeah. But I reckon he's uh, 100% ready to go and I think he can also play multiple positions. So, no, I think he's a must-have. Team 10 doubling down on Panthers players. So they'll be hoping to have a good year. Look, I've got Milford on the board. I, I could go for the halves again. There's a few I like. Um, but I just think Andrew Fafida, I think he's, you know, I think gun position there, that prop. I think you want a really big name prop. And I think um, just slightly edging out a few others there is, is Fafida for mine there with Team 9, who's already got Anthony Milford. Ryan, back to you, teammate. Picked Corey Parker in round one. Uh, where would you go um, round two? Hey, uh, James Maloney. How do you think he'll go down in Cronulla? You think he'll? I think he'll be the dominant half down there. Yeah, yeah. And he also may well get the goal kicking duties. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, no, Michael Gordon, obviously. 
Team 7 had Sean Johnson in the first round, Pete. Uh, where are you looking uh, to compliment him? Um, I really like Jack Bird. Looks looks like he's going to play fullback, although he's not listed as a fullback in Supercoach. But uh, looks like that's where he's going to go. So that's uh, could get some value there. Fullback, a, a prime position. Uh, team 6 had Sam Burgess. Look, it's... Uh, it's a big surprise to me that Cameron Smith's still on the board here. I think, you know, it's a must-take now. Um, Hooker, again, interesting position. Maybe not as highly rated as some of the others, but he's, he's the standout for my number one. Hooker, um, team five, Ryan, where are, you, where are you looking? They've got Aaron Woods already on the board. Um, Going to snap up Jared Croker, actually. Yeah. For a goal kicker as well. And centre and winger, uh, maybe not a prime position, but now you're starting to get in the second, third round, you're starting to look in that way and go, well, you know, if I, if everyone is going anti-centre and winger early, which isn't a bad strategy, then you can pick up the cream of the crop. So good good choice there. Team four, Paul Gallon, big name to start off. Can you can you double down, Pete, and, and find another one there um, now that quite a few names are off the board? I really like Jake Granville. It's not too early for Granville, do you think, in round two? No, I don't think so. I think he's, he's not far behind Cameron Smith. Yeah, right. Wow. I've got a few hookers between Smith and Granville, I've got to be honest. Um, interesting, interesting one there. Team three picked up Tedesco early. Um, still some good players on the board. Again, you're starting to look at position. I think, I think you want a strong prop. I think that's really important. You've got a good fullback. I think Jesse Bromwich will provide that. The stability, you know, you're looking for in draft formats. Uh, a guy like Jesse Bromwich, I think you can't can't really go worse than him, Ryan. Um, well, you can't go better than, than him, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan. Team two picked up Jonathan Thurston there um, as, as their number one player. How do you compliment I think needs a strong, as you were saying, a strong front row, so Cade Snowden. Yeah, and that's one that had, you know, a player who had a a very good year last year, stepping up that extra, um, what we'd already seen from him in years gone by. Pete, you've got uh, Roger Tuvasa-Shek, you you were team number one, now you you pick again, um, where are you looking? Um, I think you need a a really good board here. Uh, this guy who transfers um, his skills to his new club as well as he did last year. He'll go well, uh, Trent Merrin. Yeah, solid, solid uh, pick there. Look, there's a few good names. Uh, guys, I like it. I want to reveal too much. I think Simon Mannering. I think you double down on the Merrin pick. And you've got Merrin and Mannering with Roger Tulvasa-Shek at the back. You're forming a pretty good uh, team there, Team 1. Back to you, Ryan, for Team 2. They've already got Thurston and Snowden. There's some big names still out there. Yeah, I'm going to go to the second row um, and go to a guy who I think is going to play pretty much 80 minutes each week yeah. um, and can ball play as well as run, and that's Tohu Harris. Yeah, Harris, a big name. He's burst onto the supercoach scene, didn't he, a couple of years ago, but hasn't looked back. Certainly not a one-year wonder. Team 3, Pete Tedesco and Jesse Bromwich. Uh, pretty strong from one end to the other. Now, where do you go? We'd better get a, um, a halfback in there and a goal kicker, I guess, Adam Reynolds. Yeah, good choice. I think Adam Reynolds, you know, 
for mine, I think he's going to have a big year. I think Supercoach-wise with the goal-kicking Reynolds, I think so. a coup there to get in the third round. Team four, Paul Gallen and Jake Granville are looking pretty good up front already. So let's um, look at the back. And Greg Inglis, I think he's a must-have. Uh, third round, I think that's a real steal to get Greg Inglis. I know he's a bit down last year but I think still um, very valuable and looked pretty good in the All-Stars game as well. Team 5 has Aaron Woods and Jared Croker. Probably two underrated players, Ryan. Um, are you going to stick with that theme? Well, not really underrated, but uh, a known point scorer um, in Radradra. Yeah, and there's a player that, you know, you can skip on. And I'm sure if you've got 10 different players, <laughs> someone's picking up Radradra, but it also comes back to strategy and holding back on those centres and wingers. And now you're getting a steal there. Team 6, Sam Burgess and Cameron Smith. Uh, where, you, where are you looking, Pete? I'm thinking um, they might need a decent fullback, and I'm thinking Josh Dugan, who also could still have the versatility of multiple positions. Yeah, it's interesting with Dugan, the whole thing with the centres and fullback. Uh, yeah, you're free either way, but I guess you're hoping plays at the back for the extra upside. Team seven, uh, Sean Johnson and Jack Bird. Um, probably, probably thinking about up front. Uh, there's two players I really like this year in the same position. I'm going to go with Gavin Cooper and, and, and hope the other one I can get in my next pick. <laughs> so I'm not going to reveal who that is. But Gavin Cooper, I think, running off Jonathan Thurston passes. Um, decent option there. Teammate, Ryan, your last pick that we're going to do tonight, Corey Parker and James Maloney. Looking pretty awesome, teammate. Um, what, where do you go next? Well, I'm going to go a dual player up front. I'm going to go Marty to power. Yeah, nice. I mean, he's switching clubs. It's always a little risky mm-hmm. with um, a, a, club, a player that switch club. But, yeah, but I think he's just too professional and too much but, of a yeah, I think freak. He's, he's a big name. To, to go bad, I think. Continued his uh, good form in the uh, All-Stars game on the weekend. Team 9, Pete, your last pick. Milford and Andrew Fafita. That team looks pretty strong. Um, how can you complement those two fine players? Hmm. It's, it's tricky at this point, isn't it? Um, well, we, I like the idea of what Brian did a minute ago in picking Semi Red Radra, and uh, Curtis Rona wasn't far behind him yeah. last year. So. Yeah, I think I think Rona's going to be one around this time that you're really looking at, at, at grabbing because what he did, even when the matchups weren't in his favour, makes him a really great draft option because you're looking for that consistency in those positions. Finally, Team 10, Sigiaro and Moylan, maybe not as strong as some of the others, but I think Wade Graham, it's a little risky, but I think Wade Graham's going to have a big year, and that was the other guys tossing up. Earlier with Gavin Cooper, I've got them very similarly weighted, and um, there's some other top players out there. I think, you know, Ben Hunt's probably someone that might go in this realm on another draft. We could do this draft tomorrow and I think Hunt would go. Um, I think Sean Fensom's one that we might, you know, all say. Yeah, he was definitely in the you know, in the mix for me. He's, he's, he's got to be close. Bryce Cartwright for the upside. Andrew oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, is another one that but you'd be looking at in the hooking position. At, um, and I think Will Chambers deserves a mention too, guys. As a guy that has a lot of uh, consistency in that centre winger position, that can be hard to find. Yep. Um, any sleepers? You know, let, let's sleeper term. You know, the guys that, that are down further that you think might have that breakout year this year that maybe 
Maybe you're not looking at it from a draft standpoint. Maybe they're not guys that are your cheapies in your regular super coach. Maybe they are guys that has been around a while but simply just being overlooked because they're overpriced or outpriced in, in the classic form of the game. But in draft, in the later rounds you can pick up, Ryan, is there anyone that you've uh, noticed in the research for this mock draft, someone that well, you would take later on? A guy who will probably play more minutes than he has previously um, due to some injuries, um, is Dylan Narpa. Yeah. So, so you know, Roosters are in you know, a lot lot of uh, issues there, and Narpa is probably overpriced, super coach. I, I, would, I would say so. But it's on the upside, isn't it? Because he should get the extra minutes and it should actually come back to his value. So definitely in a draft situation, I think that's a good call. Uh, Pete, what about yourself? I like the two Parramatta forwards, uh, Bonin Mao and uh, Maroa uh, from last year. Both had really good years, and I think they're potentially um, um, basically sleepers that people are overlooking. And I think you've got to look at a club that might be on the way up, and I think Parramatta could be that. How good did Maroa look in the um, nines? I thought he was one of the standouts. Uh, there, so well, I think that's very good. Oh, look, I've got a few, and some of them are guys like Jake Friend, who uh, overperformed, I thought, last year. And I know the Roosters could struggle, but as a late-round pick, as a backup hooker, I think that's a good option. Alex Glenn, I think he's very reliable. Greg Bird, yeah. someone that you overlook because his price is a little too high for the classic version, but could be a good sleeper in drafts. Blake Green from Melbourne, um, definitely someone that is quite reliable super catch wise Sean Kenny Dow can put up those big numbers if you're looking on those those hit weeks um, and uh, the guy from the Saints Mike Cooper I think is going to have a big year this year so I think that could be a sleeper um, and there's some that I wouldn't quite put in sleeper category but maybe you're looking to get a little bit higher like Josh Hodgson Jack DeBellin um, yeah. I think Pete already went high on Adam Reynolds uh, maybe he's not going to go that high I'm not it's hard to tell um but I think those guys um, should have pretty good years. John Sutton it would be another one that I'd put there. Um, I, I, look, this gives you the opportunity to look at the strategy of it, you know, that we, we've talked about, and uh, I hope it's given some insight for you. So, guys, that gives a little insight. You know, it's very fun playing the, the draft and players that you're looking for and you miss out and someone else grabs and grabs them and, oh, and, you know, and it is easier, let's face it, when you've got, um, you know, on, on it's set up on your computer and you can see the players disappearing, you know, and, and, and all that. But, you know, for three rounds, we were able to sort of cobble that together for you, a bit of fun. Um, you know, Ryan, what what is your strategy sort of, when, you, when you're going into that draft format for the, before yeah. the season begins? I tend to pick my um, top 17 um, and then my second 17 and then third and so on like that um, going down and then I rank the positions in terms of, um, well, fullbacks because they score the most, so they'll be position one and so I'll be after um, that pick one first regardless um, of what happens before it. If, he's, if that first pick for fullback is still there, I'll take him. Um, but if he's gone, then I'll go my second choice, um, eschewing all the other um, first-round picks that are still available for me um, because of that fullback mm. position being so valuable. The tiers are important, aren't they? If you've got to go to Tavasa Shek and Tedesco, as we saw what happened in that mock draft, 
groping them together perhaps and, and okay I'll take that and then when that tear disappears then you go back oh well I'll take my first choice half back now or, or whatever you however you've layered your positions yeah exactly right Pete you're our resident draft expert what happens later in you know you're picking a bit later you don't get that first or second choice is it, do you approach it differently you've really it's you've really got to keep your eyes on as I say eyes on the ball um in terms of, of other people's picks, you know, don't get don't get flustered by, you know, if you've got your heart, you know, if you're the North Queensland Cowboys number one fan and you, you're a big fan of Supercoach and you see Jonathan Thurston go on the first three picks or something, you think, oh, my God, you know, and then panic and get someone else's who's not quite so good. Um, you need to have a, a system in place whereby, you you know, if your first pick's gone, have a think about, you know, maybe another position. If, you, if your halfback in Thurston is gone, then... You know, get your get your Corey Parker your next round. You know, have a think about in terms of not just in terms of position, but just in terms of points and the ones that you know are gonna are gonna work well for you. Not just uh, put them together in their position, but yeah, go on their rank of points maybe from last year, but also think about ones uh, that are going to for this yeah, year. Players on the rise. Uh, yeah, maybe on the rise. Yeah, players on the rise, and particularly with this new interchange rule, some players gonna be playing a bit a few more minutes than last year. I, I do things a little bit different to you too. I, I don't mark out my top 17. I look at things very much in tiers. I do 10, 11, 12 tiers in all the positions and, and kind of rank them the side by side. So you might have three fullbacks in tier one and just one halfback, for example. But, you know, and, and they can be bunched in such a way where one overranks the others or maybe they're halfway between a tier or they just simply are even. And and you very it's a very fluid situation going through the draft, as, as you heard when, when we did the mock. You know, players t- coming off the board, other players picking players maybe you would have liked, and that's where the tiers really come in handy that you don't, oh, I really wanted that guy, and, and, and you can really lose your way when you've, someone's taken the player you wanted and the next thing you know, three more rounds have gone and you're still flustered from what happened earlier. And having those tiers, it takes away from that. And when, it, when you're, you're getting down and you want, oh, well, I really wanted a centre and winger, and, and you're down the last two or three in a, in a tier, you know, well, it's time I better grab one because they're not going to... By the time it comes around, they might all be gone. Um, it's important to look at, you know, when, you, when you're weighing up your positions, as Ryan mentioned, you can look at last year's statistics. Go, you don't need to look at players' names. You can just grab the totals of the, of, of the numbers and, you know, even put it in a, a spreadsheet if you have the time and the, and the ability and, and put it up in a line graph or simply just look at them number to number and, you, and you're looking at, you know, which which position performed the best overall, like, you know, first. But you're also looking at you know, grouping. So the top three, how did they go? Then how did four to ten go? And how did sort of ten to twenty go? And, and the top 20 is probably all you need. You could go to 40, but the top 20 is going to give you a, a good idea. And then you're looking at... at you know how many players fit within. Let's say who got over a thousand. Because last year, um, fifteen fullbacks got over a thousand, while thirty-six centre and wingers did. Only um, seventeen five-eighths and twelve halfbacks. So you can see a big fluctuating fluctuations there. Second rowers had the most people over a thousand with thirty-seven. Front rowers had twenty-eight, and hookers only thirteen. So. You can see there the differences, but fullback clearly leading the top point score with, with one and two. So fullbacks are really important, as you saw in our mock draft. And you've got other positions like halfback and hooker, where it might not be the best position to own, but, but the drop-off is significant as you go. Whereas second rower, um, 
and centre and winger might, well, certainly second rower, get big points, but there's not a lot of drop-off. So you can pick up the 10th best or 12th best second row and still do quite well. Whereas if you're outside the top three or four halfbacks, you're really giving up quite a few points per game to your opponents that have those players. So there's a few little key insights. If you are interested in, in playing a draft format this year or if you're already a regular player, one of the few tips, look, we're going to be doing it um, throughout throughout the year. Not any more mocks, but we'll be just... When we talk about classic super coach, we'll be mentioning players that you know you might be looking to pick up in your waiver wire and in drafts or good matchups for that week, and and focusing on that as well as well as on our website www.supercoachpros.com. It's very important you go to the website because we have got all of the player pages up and running there, all the information there of anyone that played last year, come back from Super League, Sam Burgess has come back from rugby. Uh, we've got players that impressed in the nines or in trial games. We've got all that information there on the website, the pre-season player pages. Make sure you go to it, www.supercoachpros.com. Some exciting news uh, that we'll be able to reveal later in the week on Twitter, at supercoachpros. We have uh, going to have an extra person joining us at the Supercoach Professionals, and it's someone that has an inside information in regards to injuries, is a professional in that field, will be able to give us breakdowns when um, big-name Supercoach players get injured, of what the type of injury is, what timetable for return based upon that injury, and if there'll be any lingering effects that might hamper their ability to play. It's a huge um, uh, get for us. We're really excited here on the show and, and hoping that that extra bit of information to give you guys, um, our very loyal listeners, and um, we're very happy to have you guys at Twitter, at Supercoach Pros, and just trying to give you every bit of information you can so you can win your league there in Supercoach. And next week, um, as we've had some requests to talk about strategy head-to-head versus um, league, we've gone in-depth with draft. This week, we'll go in-depth in the head-to-head and Classic League next week, and also how you win the big one. So stay tuned for that there on the podcast, either on iTunes or at our website, www.supercoachpros.com. Let's have a look now at the four teams that we're going to go in-depth for this week. If you've missed our other, the top eight teams, which we've done over the past two weeks, make sure you go to website www.supercoachpros.com backslash audio to get that information or on iTunes but now we're going to go through um, the Raiders, the Panthers and the Eels and first up Manly Pete, what do you make of uh, going into the 2016 season with a new coach, Trent Barrett? Yeah, well that's the big question mark isn't it, like he's, he's coached the country team a couple of times and been assistant out there to Ivan Cleary he's got some good raps, don't get me wrong but um Gee, throwing him in the deep end over there at Manly in their first year, and he's he's got a lot of uh, it'd be a lot of focus on him with a lot of these new players coming. They've got uh, Nate Miles from the Titans, um, which is an interesting one. I don't think it's going to be that great a buy for them. He played 16 games for the Titans last year. I think he's a good hard player. We know how good he can be at Origin time, but I think he's just getting towards the end of his career now, and I I just don't think Manly's going to get the, the real value out of him. Martin Tapau from the Tigers is a much better, um, much better recruit. I'm sure you two guys are fully aware of that. Apasai <laughs> uh, Coruscant from Penrith, um, he's out at the moment. Um, but uh, 
they have a young man called Matt Parcell who they uh, picked up for the hooking role as well, and and he look really looks the goods, this young fella. So uh, mm. yeah, I think he will be the he'll be the starting hooker in uh, from round one. Um, so yeah, interesting for Manly this year. I I just don't think with the change of coach and everything that um, that they're going to crack the eight again this year. They're going to be part of that log jam around the middle of the table, and I'm going to yeah. put me at the tenth. Brian, how do you see it going for the Seagulls? Um, yeah, look, I think that they'll just just sneak in, but it's one of those ones where it's going to be on for and against if they <laughs> get there. Um, look, yeah, Tapao's been mentioned, um, and with Dylan Walker possibly playing 5'8", he could be a boom or bust kind of, uh, kind of guy there. Um, look, the other thing, the other thing I think is um, that uh, Brendan Lawrence, um, who's just come back from an injury, is um, quite possibly uh, one of those guys who could who could well feature as a decently priced um, player who will get you consistent points each week. Yeah, I love Brendan Lawrence. Played well in the trial um, game last week by all reports. I like the Dvorovic brothers. I think, you know, they're ones to watch. Manly, you know, they're an interesting team. They've got some interesting guys you could pick up. Matt Parcell, Pete already mentioned, I think he's a must-have from what we've seen so far. We know we talked about him last week on the show. Um, Interesting start to their season. The Bulldogs at home, a very winnable game. Tigers, Sharks, not bad. Roosters, Rabbitohs, Warriors, you know, not the easiest but not the hardest. I think their start of their season is going to tell a lot. I think they'll make the eight. But I think they might be a bit up and down, certainly earlier on in the year. Um, those players that we've mentioned, I, I think you know you could you could put in two or three or even four players from Manly, and you'd get away with it. I think they'll be competitive for enough of the year, um, certainly at the right prices. Um, so yeah, Manly overall, I think seventh for them. Um, Pete, what about the the Raiders, a team you know that? It had some stability down there now under Ricky Stewart. Is it time for them to sort of take the next step? Yep, definitely, and I think they will this year. Um, I really like the recruitment of Aiden Caesar. We've discussed him on the show for, for quite a while now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, I really like him as a player. Got a great kicking game, a great goal kicker. The interesting question, of course, as to whether uh, that'll be Croker or Caesar um, being the goal kicker down there might be very interesting, particularly from super coach point of view. Yeah. Um, or it could even be shared because I'm not sure, but I think maybe one is a left and nine is a right yeah, kicker. That's right. So there is that uh, option there as well. Um, but yeah, the consistent players they picked up last year, like uh, Josh Hodgson had a great year for the Raiders and um, he's, he's also someone to keep an eye on there. Um, Jack White, and I think you know he might take the next step up as he's he's really going to make the fullback position his own this year. That young man, I think. Um, in terms of sleepers down there, there's a few to watch, but uh, they've, they've had big raps on this young bloke. Made a few had a few first grade games last year. Uh, called Luke Bateman, he's he's absolutely massive, um, and they've they've he was one that made the headlines. They put him on a contract basically when he's about twelve or thirteen years old. Um, and he's only 133,000. I'm not saying buy him now or he's going to be the star of the season, but just keep an eye on him for a little while and, yeah, just keep, keep him on your, on your watch list, I think. Yeah, Ryan, there's some interesting names there, isn't there, for the Raiders to, to watch. How do you see it going for them this year? 
Um, yeah, look, I think the Raiders might just miss out. Um, once again, very, very small margin. Um, it'll probably come down to four and against. There's a lot of teams who I think are very evenly poised. Um, I mean, obviously, it's all easy to say before the season starts. But, um, yeah, look, and I, I, I think guys like um, Frank Paul, Neil Sala, um, Soliola, like they proved last year, were quite good um, up to you know, the middle to late rounds and then they kind of fell off a little bit um, as they felt a pinch. Um, another guy who could do that would be a recruit in Jeff Lima. Um, I would imagine he would come off the bench. and Yeah, well, he um, could be. I'm assuming he's still as big as ever. Yeah, so He could, he could um, be the next CSLEOL, couldn't he? Yeah, exactly right. Um, the other guy is Edric Lee, I think, um, could possibly break out this year. Um, and obviously you guys like Jared Croker and Fensum. Um, those kind of guys who who use solid Raiders performance. Yeah, Jar- Jared Croker, I think, you know, played well in that All-Stars game. I think he's one to at least circle. I'm interested, Ryan, in your thoughts of Elliot Whitehead because he reminds me a bit of Gareth Ellis. Yeah, look, he's a, um, he's a pretty decent player. Um, I, it's one of those things where you just don't know how... Um, Overseas players are going to adjust to the NRL. Yeah. Um, some of them, a la Gareth Ellis, do quite well straight away. Um, so yeah, he'll be definitely one to watch. It's a it's a it's a pack that you know full of decent first grade players. I mean, you look at a guy like Shannon Boyd, Paul Vaughan. You're thinking they could take a step up this year. Uh, you know, I know Shillington's moved on, but you've got Papali and Solio there, Jeff Lima, as you mentioned. So that's the other thing with Whitehead. How much of a role does he get? Um, Sean Fenson, of course, there as well. So you're juggling that, but there's some value there if you can if you can find the right guys. Pete mentioned Luke Bateman. I like Mitch Barnett. Now, he wanted out of Canberra, maybe because of all those names we mentioned. You know, he wanted a different opportunity. He was denied. Um so, you know, whether that becomes an issue there that festers or whether he can move on from that and the coaching staff can move on from that, he gets an opportunity. He'd be He's a very interesting price at 157. Um, Josh Hodgson, I think Pete mentioned, I think he's a good one. And Jack White, I think at just under 300, um, just, sorry, just over 300,000, 321. A pretty good value. So there's definitely some, some guys there that are worth a look or even a punt and and um, it's interesting with these four teams, the, te- the four teams that just missed the eight, because I think there's a lot of upside in, in all four of those teams. Um, speaking of that, let's have a look at the next team now in our in-depth uh, discussion today, the Panthers, Pete. Um, can they bounce back from a, from a bad year, new coach and all? Oh, gee, it's hard to say. This, these guys, are, when I looked at them again earlier today, there is a, a hell of a lot of talent there. Like, I, I really like the back line for, for Penrith. And you've got a team like, it's got Matt Moylan in there with folks like Dallin, uh, with teams of Lesniak that picked up um, Hiku from Manly as well. Um, and if they, if, I know it's a big if, guys, but if they can keep Soward and particularly Peter Wallace fit, um, and, you know, mix Will Smith into the blend, I think they've got a, a very, very fine back line. Um, their forward pack is also uh, very good with Sam McKendry and Bryce Cartwright. I, I got a real lot of pleasure out of watching him last year. He reminded me so much of his uncle John Cartwright. Great, great ball skills, and you know I look forward to seeing him play more minutes this year for Penrith. Um, um, they've also picked up uh, Trent Merrin, so it's a good pick up for them. 
And he looked good, um, didn't he? He looked a bit rejuvenated in the All-Stars game. He certainly did. Well, he played very, very well last year for, for the Dragons, I thought. Um, you know, after he announced his signing to Penrith, he played particularly <laughs> well. But uh, there is a question mark over the in terms of how Penrith are going to go with the coach, Anthony Griffin. Um, he had mixed results up at Brisbane, to be fair. Um, I really don't know. I With Penrith, I just can't quite see him making the eight. So I'm in an, un, an unlucky team. I'm going to put him at about 11th. Um, it's as high as I can see him finishing. Like, I, I see some good players there. Um, they're going to do well. But, um, I, as I said, I think uh, Merrin's a standout. They've got an interesting young boy. Uh, his name is Hall. Um, they've picked up from he played the goal, for the Gold Coast Suns in the AFL, so we got one back. Yeah, he, I think he scored a try on the weekend too. Yeah, he's an absolute giant, this bloke. And um, once again, he'll be a cheapie as well. And but he's one of these guys that could have played any sport he wanted to, and he's he's really looking forward to the rugby league again. He said he played it in his junior level, so once again, he might be an interesting um, cheapie to keep an eye on there as well. Yeah. Um... Again, a lot of players there with a lot of... You've got to have a lot of intrigue, uh, Ryan, but where they finish might decide how how you go, like, like projecting their finish. How do yeah, you well, see that's it? right. Look, I, I don't think they're going to get anywhere near the eight, to be perfectly honest. Um, I think Wallace and Sauer don't mix well, and the halves, um, yeah, I just... They do have a decent team, but I just don't think it's just going to gel together this year for them. Next year, maybe something a bit different. I um, might be very wrong, but um, that's the feeling I'm getting. Um, look, they do have some great players. Having said that, um, they picked up um, Grievesmole, um from Souths. I think yep. that's how you say it. Yep, um, and Hiku, of course, as mentioned before. Um, guys like uh, Jeremy Lattimore, who's the kind of the middle-of-the-road guys who you know, are not fantastic, but they're probably going to get you um, consistent points as opposed to, um, you know, massive points. Um, yeah, guys like, the late-round uh, draft pick-up. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly right. Early, guys like um, Zelezniak as well and Faray. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think the Panthers, I've got them 14th. Um, I like a lot of their, their players, super coach wise I, I think, you know whether you take a chance on them. Maybe you err against Penrith players. But obviously, if you like what they're going to do this year, guys like Matt Moylan, Tyrone Peachy, James Seguiaro, Trent Merrin, Bryce Cartwright, Josh Mansour, Deline Wattini-Zelesnik, these are all guys with high upside in Supercoach. So you're really looking at, are Penrith going to make a play like they did two years ago? I'm, the jury's out for mine on Anthony Griffin. He probably did enough at Brisbane to deserve a second shot in the NRL. But I don't know. It, it, it's hard to tell. You know, Wayne Bennett's gone there and they immediately had a big improvement, making a grand final, almost winning it. So that makes it tough. Um, you know, there's, there's still some good names there. The big one will be the halves position. What happens there if Tia uh, Maria Martin gets a shot? Tia Mario Martin, I should say. That's definitely a cheapie that you've probably got to have. Uh, the other guys might be a weight because guys like Cartwright, very valuable and with, you know, high ceilings, but very pricey when not sure what role they're going to play because I'm not sure if Griffin, you know, especially with guys 
they like Griezmann coming over. Um, if Griffin's looking for a different approach, the Penrith approach from last year, Cartwright almost playing like a fullback. So that you know, whether he goes back to more just running on one edge and 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 doing a bit less, that might bring down his numbers. Uh, finally, the Eels, Pete, um, a team that you know has bought as well as anyone really in the in the competition uh, in the off season. Are they able now? I mean, it feels like make or break for them, for at least their coach, Brad Arthur, to, to at least make the eight, if not, you know, push for a top four spot. You're spot on. Are they, I think they, to hold, and particularly the way the Parramatta board is uh, axed, um, I would uh, think that Brad Arthur was, would have to get this team to the top eight this year, and I think they definitely will. Um, I really like the way they've recruited they looked at the, the issues that they had last year. The goal-kicking at times was terrible. I remember games where they got none from four and so on. So they've gone and bought Michael Gordon, who's one of the best goal-kickers around and a very good fullback. Uh, here in four, and he's, the purchase there has been very well documented. Um, this term that they talk about in the modern game of game control, um, this bloke has got it in spades. He's, he's very good. You know, like with 10 or 15 minutes to go, you've got Kieran Foran in your team. I think it, uh, you know, there's a lot of games that Parramatta have lost in the last few years. Um, just came down to inexperience and panic. And I think this guy's going to make a hell of a difference um, to, to the Eels. And then you thought, oh, well, they've recruited quite well. And then they pick up a, a centre called Michael Jennings. Um, Michael, he went a little bit quiet last year, I thought, but I can see him running off four. Yeah, still got a lot of upside, doesn't he, week to week? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, having, if they have he and Red Rider on the same side, (laughs) geez, um, from a a pure watching point of view and a super coach point of view, it's a a pretty good combination. What do you think Uh, of uh, Bevan French on the other wing, potentially? I mean, yeah, well. They really need to, to strengthen that as well. And, you know, if this guy, if they can hold on to this guy and, and maybe give him a chance, he, yeah, he may... Nephew like of Nathan Blacklock from Tinger, of course. Yeah, it's that's blazing right. blazing speed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, 113,000. the ability of Tinger, then, um, of Tinger, Tinger the player rather than Tinger the town. Um, <laughs> He's from Tinger. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He'll go, he'll go a long way and go a long way quickly, you might say. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he'd be a very good uh, cheapie, you would think. I really like their forwards too. Like, blokes like Mao and, and Maroa really came along big strides last year and just tackled everything that moved. Um, so, yeah, the, the young wing of their French would be a good one. I'm going to pick another ex-Dragon as a real sleeper there too. Um, I know they've got um, uh, Nathan Peets there is going to be the, the starting hooker. But just keep an eye on a bloke called Cameron King. This bloke has had no luck with injuries whatsoever. Yeah, yeah if ever a um, guy needs a needs a lucky sort of turn, it's him, isn't it? Yeah, oh, definitely. He scored the try in the World Club Challenge for the Dragons in early 2011, and that's basically the last game he's played. Um, he's hardly played a game since, and he's you know, 133K, but just said he's not going to get selected in round one, but just keep an eye out for him. If he gets a shot, he'll really go for it. The thing about, as we saw last year with Parramatta's um, hooker Nathan Peets, he's such a competitor, and that's a great trait to have. I love watching him play, but it also means that 
you know, he's, he could succumb to injury any given game because he does play above his body weight. And then you're looking as a super coach player at alternatives. Isaac DeGoyce, you know, got a shot last year. Maybe Cameron King fits that role on 133,000. Well, you know, you've just just uh, found a guy there sitting on your watch list that may end up, you know, making a bit of money for you mid-season. Um, so nice. do they make the eight? Seventh. Seventh. Uh, Ryan, what, what do you reckon? Yeah, Parramatta definitely uh, going to yep. make the eight. Um, whether or not they're going to be um, in the top four is something else to ponder. Um, but given the look of their lineup, it should be they should be a top eight side, um, given who they got. Um, look, I really like I really like um, their young guys, as you were mentioning before, with French. Um, then also Gordon, um, a guy that wasn't mentioned before was Clint Gutherson, who I think um, is definitely a chance to nail down a backline spot, whether it be centre or winger. Um, because he did quite well for Manly when he played for them. Um, the other interesting um, one I like is, um, you mentioned him before, um, way before in the trials area, was um, Alvaro. Um, I yeah. think he's a very decent player. Jeez, um, he, looked, I, he looked good those last few games last year, didn't he? Yeah, I, I think he's kind of primed. He's probably just about right. Hopefully he can get everything going his way. And, um, yeah, and, and I think he'll be a decent decent pickup for Supercoach. Oh, look, could you believe it? I've, when I've done the... Um, looking, at last, <laughs> looking at all the games, put them all together for this year, the Eels, I've got them missing the eight by five points differential. <laughs> so, if you're an Eels fan, I'm not writing them off. I'm just, I've got them ninth. Okay? That's why. Um, I like Alvaro as well. I, I like a lot of watch list players again for Parramatta, guys like Mitch Cornish who looked pretty good in the nines. Bevan French is a guy you might want to just bring straight in, I think, um, with a few other cheapies uh, either injured or, or um, not getting the opportunity, it looks like. I think he's one for your your bench stash. Uh, Roy O'Brien, talking about St George um, imports, I think he could be someone... I've always thought that forward pack needed a, a bit of a makeover, with the exception of Manor and, and Jace, uh, Junior Paula and possibly Danny Wicks. So I think um, Roy O'Brien, 143000 could get some good game time, be a good money spinner for you. And, um, oh, you know, I'm not as convinced with the with the rest of the back line. Kieran Four and you know, Michael Jennings, those buys will be great for the team. Not as convinced in regards for Supercoach. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with what you guys have said. I just have them just missing. Um, next week we've got the final four teams uh, to do. Might be a bit tougher with those four, but we're going to do that next week, of course. Right now we've got some Twitter questions to answer. Uh, Great uh, response on Twitter um, this week with, with questions. We're going to do it every week. We like to get your questions, no matter pre-season, during the season, or Supercoach Finals times. We're going to start with uh, Dale the Ninja right at Supercoach Pros. Uh, I'm looking for some mid-range cows, player who are, players who are likely to be on the up this year, i.e. with Ryan Hinchcliffe gone, maybe Dale Finucane could be up in minutes. Um, Pete, I know you're a big Dale Finucane fan as one, but uh, are there some other guys you're sort of targeting in those mid-range that you really see going up in value? 
Yeah, I think that um, I think our our listeners picked up a good one there in Dale Finuc, and I think he'll definitely get some more minutes this year. Um, yeah, he he's consistent. He, he's not he's never injured this man. Now I put the mock on him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I really like the look of him. Good pick. A um, couple of others, I think maybe you could have a look at. Um, maybe someone like Jack DeBellin is going to be thereabouts all year as well. Um, yep. The Dragons, and as you mentioned yep. earlier, the um, nature and So, yeah. So there'd be some some good ones to to have a think about at this early stage. Yeah, I, look, I like that uh, DeBellin pick because I think he's going to fill that Trent Merrin role. I think he's going to play seventy minutes. And at three fifty-five thousand, I think you're getting good value for that. I think Pete, you mentioned Jake Granville before at three forty-two. I yeah. think Michael Leach is another one um, as Absolutely. a hooker, although maybe hooker's not a spot you want to go that sort of price. But three thirty-one, I think that's a little bit unders. Jason Tomalalo is another um, in that range. Ryan, I think I think you're a big Tomalalo fan. Yeah, yeah, I I do like his. Um what he has to offer, for sure. Um, the other guy who I was thinking of um, won't be available for the first few rounds. Um, the Tigers, Jesse Edwards... Sorry, Joel Edwards, not Jesse Edwards. Yeah, Joel Edwards um, from... Um, who, who, yeah, uh, came from the Raiders, Raiders. by Newcastle. Um, and I think he'll end up um, either with a bench spot or a starting spot. And the guy is a bit of a machine in terms of tackling and stuff like that. So I, I reckon he'll rise up through the, through the season. I'm interested um, how, you know, I don't know if the Roosters are going to go that well this year, but Jay Burgess in, entices me. 250000 I think it's a great price, one that could rise. And I know I've mentioned him a couple of times on this show and then last week's show, Jake Trebovich at 310000 I think that's really good value for a guy who's going to basically um, take over as the leader of the pack there at Manly. Even with Tapao coming over, I think Trebovich, you know, he's made, named captain for the Nines. And so you're looking at, at, you know, if you are looking for those mid mid guys, which we don't recommend you do too much, you want to either go high or low, but if there's a few there, um, they would, they're probably probably the ones, along with Ignatius Parsi, we've already mentioned, who's a steal really at 244 because of how well he's been going. Let's have a look at a tweet from uh, Jono underscore Nelso6 uh, at Supercoach Pros, who will be the benefactors of Jared Ree Hargraves and Boyd Cordner being out until round 10. Uh, Ryan, I think you already mentioned one earlier in the show, Dylan Napa, but who else uh, might get a shot there? Yeah, uh, Moa, um, Evans, um, a guy called Shakiri Mitchell, mm. um, who might get in there, um, obviously Takahio. Um, and even um, Aiden Guerra, I guess. Um, all those guys should see should see extra minutes. Mitchell, um, Mitchell Olsen was pretty good in the back row. Um, in fact, Coydner played ended up playing middle third right near the end of last year. So I guess Orbison continues playing that edge runner with Coydner not there. Yeah, yep. So they've got enough to cover to cover that. Um, but yeah, those guys are going to have to do some extra minutes and they're going to have to play. Um, very well to match the output of those two. Kane Evans, Pete, 242,000. Uh, big lump of a lad. You saw him in the All-Stars game on the weekend. There's a lot to like, isn't there, with those other injuries that he'll he'll be a money earner? Yeah, absolutely. And he had a good season last year. And uh, one of the other guys there that, uh, that Ryan mentioned, Tauko Aho, I was a big mm. fan of last year. 294,000. Uh, look, 
it's a riskier choice. That's a, that's a high price for what he put in last year, but the upside is there. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think he's going to go through the roof. I think he's a good one. Yeah, and if there's one team last year that we said, oh, you know, if only there's a, a couple of... Not not in a bad way, but if there were to be a couple of injuries, you could really do well with guys like Napa, Evans and Takiyahu. What's happened this year? So, you know, there's three guys you could jump jump on all three. And then the big one, I guess, is Mitchell, not Latrell, the other one that, that Ryan mentioned, because he's at the bargain basement price of 113. Um Sambo Rambo asks, uh, Supercoach, at Supercoach Pros, in your opinion, who would be the best early cash cows that could bank some money in the early rounds this season? Well, I know we've already talked about the mid-rangers and some Roosters players there, so I guess we've covered most of it there. But uh, what about those real cheap guys, uh, Ryan? Have you already picked a couple out? I've got two. Uh, And we're going back to the Roosters again, and we're going to Hastings. Because um, he's going to get game time, regardless, um, and yeah, so his 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 um, price is going to go up. Um, and the other guy who was in the same boat who will get game time straight away from round one will be Ash Taylor. Yeah, and I think I think both of those are pretty much. Um, if you want a cash cow, well, there's two guys sitting there waiting for you to pick them. They're, they're going to be a lot of. Super cage teams back up halves, aren't they? At half back and five eighth because they both yeah. play both positions. I think Ash Taylor is the most picked um, player at the moment, yeah, and, and with with good reason. Um, what about Latrell Mitchell? Do you think he gets the shot there, or does Ferguson play fullback? Oh, I think you'd have to go with Fergo, given what they've lost in um, experience at the moment. Yeah, Pete. Any other um, names there that uh, I know we've mentioned a couple already on the show? I think Luke Bateman you mentioned, but couple of other ones maybe you know more maybe you think is more opportunity even than than those guys oh it's tough there's been talk about a a young guy um for the broncos called greg eden Mm -hmm. um who there's been a couple of injury concerns with the broncos uh jack reed is is out for a few weeks as we know and there's another injury there in the back line also uh, of course, Lachlan Maranta is out. Now, this guy they bought last year, um, and he he didn't really play. He didn't play first grade at all for the Broncos last year. But he's going on the on the Four Nations. Uh, they call it the World Club yep. Challenge thingy. Yep. He's going over there in that, and that could be his opportunity to submit a first grade spot straight up. Um, he's only uh, one hundred sixty thousand, so. He hasn't got the high profile, or the high profile, if you like, of Ashley Taylor, but he's uh, a possibility also. Yeah, look, I, I I know we've mentioned him enough, Matt Parcell. I think he's the most obvious one because it looks like he he's got that role and one hundred thirty three thousand. You know, it's it's just fantastic value. Um, can't wait to see what Penrith do with Tia Maria Martin because I think one hundred thirteen thousand. You, you you might be interested in that. I think Danny Levy, if you you know, at, at hooker, I think one hundred eighty-four thousand. You know, you're getting good, good price there. I think he's, he's surely going to be your starting hooker there, um, up at Newcastle. So you know, a few guys there that that already you're kind of starting to to pencil in. Um, a couple of others maybe in, in obvious cash cows, but um, you yeah, guys we're looking at. We already mentioned Josh Adokar, Gideon Mosby from. The, the Cowboys, I think, is an interesting one, at least to watch list. And, you know, a couple others that we've been watching 
we will know a lot more when round one teams are named. But you don't want to fall in that trap of only going with those players because, as we saw last year, guys like Jack Bird, um, yeah, John Flower for a little while, um, getting an opportunity but not in round one, even though they were the ones that look, you look at going in. So we, we might re- revisit that in a couple of weeks' time for you. Guys, we're done. It's been a bit of a, a marathon. The, um, the the mock draft was a lot of fun, but uh, yeah, glad you, you stuck with us through. Um, Pete, thank you very much. We'll do it all again next week, of course. Always a pleasure, guys. Look forward to it. Ryan, thank you so much, and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, no worries, guys. Andrew should be back with us next week as well. I am Paulie G. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast, Supercoach Professionals. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at SupercoachPros and make sure you go to our website, particularly to see those pre-season player pages, www.supercoachpros.com. Bye for now.